0: How y'all doing today? Mike, you doing alright? I'm
1: awake, Brad. I'm awake. I'm going to count right. that as a win.
0: That that seems pretty fair. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. As always, I'm Brad, that's Mike, we're Dallas Geek, and thank you for checking out yet another audio-exclusive podcast. Uh, if this is your first time listening to us, Thank you for joining us. This is, as always, going to be an interesting first introduction to us, but we're going to dive into this. Um, if you want to be able to check out more of our content later, don't forget you can uh, see the videos of all of our interviews and live shows over on YouTube and Facebook, and catch the audio of our live shows, interviews, and these podcasts over on Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts and Stitcher, because you know, sure. <laughs> eh, that's a good.
1: That's a good. It's good reasoning there.
0: I'd be a lot more excited about it if I had had uh, a bit more caffeine in me, but so far my, my tank's running a bit low. So oh, I feel that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I no, I'm. My, my enthusiasm may grow with what we're talking about today, but uh, that that's debatable. Uh, right. Speaking of Mike, what are we talking about today?
1: Well, uh, Brad, uh, good morning, by the way. Um, yeah, good morning. <laughs> we are talking about the presentations uh, that just passed from the uh, E3... 2021 uh the what is it the electronics
0: entertainment expo i believe Uh, technically yes but if you can find anybody out in the general public that actually remembers that's what e3 stands for i would be terribly surprised
1: that's why it took me a second
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh hell if you could find uh a decent number of people in the general public that actually still cared about e3 um, I'd be genuinely surprised. Well,
1: that's that's a very fair point.
0: I, I mean, look, E3 had its place in the realm of pop culture a while ago. It, I think at this point, most of its relevance is to the gaming industry at large, and the general public tends to focus more on the You know, quick 5-10 to minute recaps to find out what should they know is coming out, if that. So, I I don't know. Half the time, most of the E3 presentations are kind of bullshit presentations showing off the hype for a game without actually showing off the quality of the game. Uh, Which has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But every now and then you get that quick nugget of something special where you actually get gameplay for a game that looks like it's going to be just fucking phenomenal and you get to enjoy that but how much other hype shit that you have to uh, dig through to get to that little nugget sometimes can feel a little excessive
1: yeah it's I mean look look, we need to be 100% honest with what it is it's a hype video yeah Like, it is, E3 is designed for whatever companies want to go and have a presentation. It is, you know, it's so funny, working where I work, I have reps from the major industry people. And uh, one of my reps was in my store, this is a little while back, this is before...
0: Do we still have to call it a plague on here? No, no. I, I think at this point, we if we wanted to call it, you know, the, the, the fucking apocalypse of apocalypses, it, would be, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> okay, so um, this is before the China virus hit. Uh, well, okay, okay. The, 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 there is a, a certain <laughs> uh, way to describe it that maybe we don't want to use. <laughs> <laughs> no so before, before this is this is before
1: everything came to a grinding halt in the industry last year. Um, but you know it's funny this rep was talking about he he said that um, e3 like you said, it's not what it used to be. Um, but now it is literally just like for the big companies it's more so, it's more so a presentation for like shareholders. Like hey, here's what we've got coming down the pipe in the next year to two. Um, get hyped. Keep giving us the money. Um and yeah.
0: Well, how many years ago was it that E3 just stopped allowing the general public access to the convention? Mm. Was it sixteen, seventeen? No, I
1: thought it was the opposite. I thought they opened it up to the public. Twenty sixteen. What's well, that? Yeah, so that it was never open. Yeah, it was never. Uh, okay. It was open to the public. Yeah, it used to just be like industry insiders and
0: mm, oh, okay, all okay. of
1: that. But in twenty, in twenty, oh no, I'm sorry, twenty seventeen. In twenty seventeen, they actually tried to open it up to be like an almost Comic Con style like you
0: would go and like walk the convention floor and that kind of stuff and, um, n- and now thanks to the plague uh we're back to industry insiders uh mostly
1: <laughs> yep thanks to the province in wuhan
0: china we no oh, well, always too much like.
1: is that too specific
0: yeah I mean, technically, that was the origin uh, location for this, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the the epicenter. So, uh eh, eh. <laughs> huh. So China
1: virus, got it.
0: Uh, fucking hell. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, um, no, no, no. But, in, in all seriousness, yeah. though, yeah, there was the, the they were trying to actively get rid of that stigma that like this was just people would show up show hype videos and leave like they were trying to make it accessible to the public. They were trying to make it something that people would actually look forward to and people could actually go
0: to. And yet shortly after that happened some of the biggest names in the industry decided to either pull out or just stop Mm -hmm. giving their best efforts. Yeah. I mean, hell, uh, yeah, I when think, was the last uh, time Nintendo had a physical presence at uh, E3? I it's mean, th- they have
1: they still they still they use it as a they use it as one of their Nintendo Directs, but yeah, in terms of in terms of actually physically being there, it's been years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they they've they've gone virtual for a while and you know, um, But again, Sony, that's that's because Sony asked Nintendo most of do presentations what Nintendo want days.
1: to do. Well, Sony hasn't been at E3 presentation-wise or Physically for two or three years now, they actually completely pulled out
0: of E3. Oh yeah, I forgot they uh, they they went off and uh, started doing their own thing, didn't they? You know, their own little uh, special sure. announcement yeah, session. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, their quote unquote own thing that Nintendo's <laughs> been doing for years.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. so yeah, I don't know. I, E3 is one of those uh, conventions that if you really wanted to try to make an argument for the death of the convention, uh, E3 feels like it is still the prime example of that. Which, I mean, look, it really sucks for the people that do end up showing up because, I mean, it this used to be the place where you had relevance, and it, it was the place to show off what you had going on. But... I don't know. I, may, maybe but, it's just because the internet's evolved. Maybe the industry's evolved. Or, you know, maybe publishers and uh, studios have just gotten overly cheap. I, I, I genuinely theory. don't know. Yeah, I, I genuinely don't know wh- which it is.
1: <laughs> I've got a better theory. The internet is a shit place with shit people that claim to be leakers that try to leak everything that is coming beforehand. So instead of allowing us to open our presents on Christmas morning and actually be surprised and actually take in what is presented to us in real time, you have people two and three weeks ahead of time, sometimes months ahead of time, claiming that this leaked and this is going to be shown off and this will be shown off and this will be shown off. And then you get people that get hyped for it and get excited for it, and then they don't get any of that, and then they're pissed off and disappointed. So it's a combination of people being shit and
0: fans being uh. shit. So, there is one more argument that I I've been making for a while and it it's honestly one of the most confusing aspects of the gaming industry. What's I would that? make the argument that the majority of companies mm. in the gaming industry have forgotten how to do good marketing. I would argue that if you look back at the marketing efforts uh, that you had back in, say, you know, the late '90s, early 2000s, where uh, video games were still considered niche and you know, shit upon every chance they uh, that the general public had, Um, gaming companies were putting more effort into their marketing, where the trailers. Felt more epic where uh, they were willing to do bigger marketing campaigns that would uh, go full cross media to be able to get the full experience. Where you'd see a, a, a trailer or a clip from a trailer on TV in a commercial that would then send you to a website uh, that would then send you to another website, and it would be this whole adventure that you could experience. Or they would have, you know, the big release parties where it was not just oh a midnight release that you had to wait in line for grab your copy of the game and then run home because you're exhausted from waiting in line for two days but there was actually something there to experience i'd be uh, i'd be uh, willing to argue that that has been lost in the gaming industry for the most part there are some that still understand that but the the experience of that uh that excitement that 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 childlike uh, enthusiasm for the things you're making uh, has been lost in the hunt for profits and the desi- uh, the need to try to make every bit of marketing that you put out as cheap and cost effective as possible which makes it feel all so generic
1: so it's very interesting that you say that is that the fault of the publishers and the developers Or do the fan bases also need to be put into that because of expectations being set so high and that when they don't get what they want, they throw a hissy fit like a child on Christmas morning that didn't get what they wanted?
0: I mean, I think there's a little bit of both, honestly. I I think... Part of it came from the fans, part of it came from the gaming community online that tried to evolve with their own business model that ended up affecting the publishers and fan expectations, but I think there is still a lot of blame to be placed on um, your video your big video game publishers because if you look at other aspects of the entertainment industry and how they've been able to market things there's still a lot of creativity and innovation happening with marketing for different types of entertainment hell look at marvel half of their marketing efforts they've they continue to find ways to add a new twist on how they uh, market their latest and greatest ideas, even to the point of finding ways to for lack of a better term, weaponize uh, word of mouth and fan theories. Uh, But they do, they know how to uh, put out just enough information to control the narrative just enough so that it really becomes a very all-encompassing experience for the fans. And the gaming industry hasn't quite gotten that i mean look at this year's uh presentations from e3 how many of them did you honestly feel excited for versus uh watching it and going well this feels like it's just uh the same game trailers that i see released every couple months on youtube but now it's just on a big screen on a stage
1: So, I will tell you, Xbox and Bethesda's presentation, I think, took uh, the best presentation and show. Um, What they showed us, the fact that Microsoft now has a top-flight studio that they can use for first-party exclusives so that they can actually get some really good first-party exclusives and console-exclusive games. Um, I I was so disappointed by Nintendos, and I'm going to be 100% honest with you, I am a Nintendo whore. Anybody that knows me knows how much of a Nintendo <laughs> whore I am. Sure, sure. Nintendo put something out, and I'm just Philip J. Fry, shut up and take my money. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. Look, I thought Nintendo's presentation for the first time in a long time very much underwhelmed and under-delivered. And that is, and look, and that's because I was expecting and hoping to see stuff from Metroid Prime 4. I was hoping to see and hear something about other franchises, you know, especially when they showed Advanced Wars was coming back, Fatal Frame was coming back. Like, okay, maybe we're going to get some older franchises like Golden Sun. I still every year hold, hold out hope that I'm going to get Golden Sun 4 for fuck's sake. And I never do. Man, but good I, luck with that. Sh- but Shin Megami Tensei 5 looks like it's going to be incredible. Um, and they showed gameplay from the Breath of the Wild sequel. Now, it was only about a minute and a half which that game was announced 3 years ago. And the that 2 years ago, 3 years ago? One of those. So, and this is the first thing that we're getting is is we got a minute and a half clip of some gameplay and that was it and then a and then a date at the end of the trailer for 2022. I mean, I understand that Nintendo Nintendo's notorious for only showing you what they want to show you, but uh no also the fact that they have the game and watch legend of zelda 30th 35th anniversary game and watch mm-hmm. but we're not getting a remaster of classic games like mario got the year before
0: well so but just stop and think about everything you just said about the things that you liked, the things you you were disappointed by yeah. every one of those items were things about the games that you were getting or could now potentially get and uh, the potential quality of that. None of that talked about your enthusiasm for the method of presentation. None of that talked about your enthusiasm for the actual show itself. It was just the news that came from the show, which, in fairness, could have come from a press release, could have come from uh, an online trailer drop. None of that was necessarily, uh, none of it necessarily required E3 to happen. It just happened to occur at E3.
1: So, and that's not totally fair either, though, because we still have the pandemic going on. So they can't well, do yeah, the big but... presentations where they're up on a stage in an auditorium full of thousands of people, and you're actually hearing people shouting, and you're actually hearing people getting excited.
0: Oh, I, like, I, like... I'm going to call bullshit on that one. I mean, how many... <laughs> we, we live in an age where YouTube... Proved that you can take any concept that it would be traditionally in person and make uh, and make it a massively entertaining online exclusive experience. Whether that is uh, a big event that they uh, you. YouTubers have found new and interesting ways to present as a a digital-only presentation, or it is um, some kind of performance that would you know, normally have to be seen in person and now you get a whole new perspective with a digital presentation of it instead. There are ways to make presentations that are online only very entertaining. The problem is none of these developers are doing that. They're giving you good information, sure, but they're not making it an experience, which is really just laziness on their part because they're so stuck in the idea that, well, this has to be an in-person event, that they can't try to tailor the way that they present their information to the method of presentation that they are now being required to do with, you know, online streaming. That, that, that's just laziness on their part for not looking at what other options are available to make this fun.
1: No, see, I completely disagree. Cause part of the fun of E3 is being sitting is sitting next to somebody, and you guys freaking out, and nerding out over announcement X or announcement Y. It is. It 100% is. Like watching watching the last three or four E3s, and texting people as shit's coming down the pipe, like as they're announcing it. Like holy shit, did you fucking see that? Oh my god! Or standing next to somebody, or being in store. Oh. Uh, Spoilers on where I work, yeah. Well, or being in store and having it set up on a TV so that people that are coming in can stand there and watch it, and we're all nerding out together.
0: Well, no, yeah, I but, call bullshit on that. But when when was the last time any of them experimented with how they tried to present their information? I mean, look, you know, we we just had our uh, three, a couple of days three ago. Years ago? As, spoilers on, you know, when we're recording this, uh, but, you know, a couple days ago we did our, uh, live show about the Pokemon 25th anniversary and look, Mm -hmm. yes, we kind of shit all over the digital, you know, the virtual, uh, concert, concerts, methods that Nintendo used, uh, for Katy Perry, um... Post Malone, Post Malone and what what what's his name you know the whoever the fuck that was. Shit if I know? Uh, yeah. Look, yes, we kind of shit all over that, but in fairness to Nintendo, they tried something different that some nobody else had really attempted before, and like it was an actual like decent length performance from each of them. So what even though it didn't work out they at least fucking tried something new so when, i have not seen something though. like that happen in so fucking long for me 3
1: but here's what's here's what's funny about that though is people in the pokemon community shit all over that and they said we don't care
0: yeah well it that's, that's the problem though when you experiment sometimes something works sometimes it doesn't it's the reason why you have so many indie film uh creators out there uh who big studios tend to look at and unless that quote indie creator also happens to have had one or two major blockbuster hits uh already in their past most of them get ignored because big studios want a sure thing they don't like to see experimentation but some of the best movies we've ever gotten came from that experimenting Some of the best presentations and experiences that we've gotten from the gaming industry have come from experimentations that uh, before that grand experience that we all will talk about for years later, we had so many attempts before that that just fell so fucking flat and were cheesy or just awful, but eventually they started to figure it out.
1: But there's a reason why some of the best videos you see online from E3 Reactions are from the Nintendo store in New York City, where people literally just go and they sit in the store. And Nintendo's presentation is not innovative. It's not groundbreaking. It's literally people just showing you videos, but the content that they're giving you is so awesome that that's what makes the experience. And it's sitting next to about 150 nerds Freaking out with them all together. You know, you talked about when was the last time somebody did something different. The last time Sony was at E3, they only showed four games. They showed God of War, they showed Spider Man, they showed Ghost of Tsushima, and they showed The Last of Us Part Two. That's it. Their entire presentation was based around four games.
0: Okay, but how and they presented and it was, and it was
1: considered. They presented them as interactive pieces of art.
0: Okay, cool.
1: But there Me- wasn't anything other than people up on a screen watching it. Like, I I understand what you're saying, but it's not a movie trailer. Video well, games it- are a completely different form of art in that it's interactive.
0: And that's the thing. You can to try to live stream just a presentation on a stage where you're expecting the bulk of the enjoyment to come from the people in the audience, Th- that is different than having a performance on a stage that is designed to entertain both the people physically in the audience and the people watching online. It- it's it's the difference between a, a community theater performance of hamilton we'll say versus Mm -hmm. disney Plus's version of hamilton where you had a live audience during the filming that people got to experience and enjoy at the time but they also recorded it in a way that could be enjoyed by the people that saw it online later yeah, you can have a performance was... that is pre- uh, uh, an in-person performance that is presented in a way that is designed for both groups to enjoy. What's happening with E3 is they're just re- a live streaming a conference speech that happens to have trailers, and that means that the en- the bulk of the enjoyment is assumed to be the people in person. They're not tailoring it to try to. Uh, play to both audiences
1: no they are they absolutely are well, but wh- again, what about the stage performances
0: from... to you was, uh, was entertaining as an online viewer like the actual I mean, stage cool performances see... yeah
1: I mean some of the things that they did were interesting like what but I mean but you're also missing the whole point that we, we... the community doesn't give a shit about that the community wants to see the games The community wants to see what's coming. And
0: that's why... We don't need the pomp and circumstance. We don't need the theater. And that, I think, is why the gaming community has gotten so stuffy and expectant. uh, and, And will get so pissy if they don't get exactly what they want. Because if the presentation of the games that you're getting from things like E3 if the majority of the fun and the experience is the information about the game then if the game itself does not give you everything you want then there's nothing else to latch on to to say well it was still worth it but if the rest of the whole thing is the experience even if the games don't all turn out to be winners you can still have something that the audience can look at and go well, I mean, yeah, sure, the The games weren't necessarily the best, but fuck, was that an amazing E3? Well, sure, but I, and, and what that, makes that, an amazing like, that, E3? That's what Comic-Con has. That, that's the kind of thing that Comic-Con has. Even if Comic-Con doesn't have uh, some of the best uh, trailer drops. You still have so much else that happens there that you can say the experience is worth it. Even as an online viewer that sees Comic-Con from the online streams, there's still so much else that happens there that you can say, well, yeah, maybe all the trailers weren't winners, but fuck, the... The Q and A panels were amazing. Uh, they, that that uh, one booth that they had that took uh, you know the the latest Fallout game and made it a massive interactive experience where you you felt like you were in the middle of it or whatever the hell they did that year. That is what makes what you latch on to so even if the uh what is being released as new at that convention is not necessarily groundbreaking the rest of it is still something you can say was worth it and e3 hasn't had that in such a long time like that's the part that disappoints me like i i want that experience that that thing where even if the games aren't the best the rest of it still excites me about just gaming not necessarily those games like I want to walk if this is the biggest gaming convention I want to walk away from it feeling like I'm excited for gaming period like so that how do you that do I that? mean maybe that's just me but I that that's why e3 hasn't excited me in such a long time because they don't they but haven't then, done that in such a long time
1: but how do we do that hmm because generally speaking, generally speaking, when the companies have new consoles coming out, they're first revealed at E3. <coughs> but we don't have any. We don't have any new hardware coming anytime soon. It looks like Sony's completely put the PlayStation VR on the back burner. Microsoft has no interest in a VR. Nintendo's well, it's going like they gonna have Be more on what this. Well, fair.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, trying to get a hold fair. of just uh, you know the the current console generations is fucking impossible. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo. Nintendo's
1: incredibly... Look, Nintendo's insanely quiet on what's coming after the Switch. They don't have a handheld anymore, so you don't have 3DS news on top of that. Oculus doesn't go to E3. Like, what... Uh, what else are they supposed to show us other than games with no hardware coming for the next five to six years? It, unless Nintendo so, drops something in the next year or two.
0: I have... I have an idea and I, I just hear me out. The most okay. exciting times that E3 has had if, uh, as a viewer that wasn't there was when G4 covered it. GeForce Coverage made E3 that experience. They were able to find different ways each year to show the audience at home the E3 experience, even before the public was allowed in. They, while you could look back and say some of their coverage was pretty fucking cheesy, they gave you an experience. And while they're coming back now, and obviously they're not fully fledged as you know G four the you know what like they used to be. They they're they're coming back. They're trying. But if somebody, whether them or whoever, could try to uh, present that experience again, try to do something like that. Uh, hell, if E3 themselves could try to take hold of it and present their own convention in a way like that I think that is what uh, some that would spur that creativity and try to incentivize publishers to give more at the convention because now there's a reason to do that like I, I, I think G4 is what we're missing, or G4 or somebody like G4 that can give that experience.
1: Yeah, but IGN's covered it for years.
0: Yeah, but IGN has never done it quite the same way. They, they've been more of you know a proper media outlet, not a you know n- not a an outlet trying to do something new to give gamers something different. They're they're a bit too. I hate to even describe it this way, but they're a bit too professional, and and that's the problem. Yeah. You, you to find something new, to find something innovative, you you have to put professionalism aside and just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, you're gonna bomb a few times, but every now and then you're gonna come out with something spectacular. There, and honestly, I, I think G4 might have a chance at doing that again because of their announcement that they made in their own E3 coverage this year, bringing in uh, Gerard from The Completionist uh, as their newest host. Uh, yeah. That they uh, and having him come in to cover uh, Nintendo's portion of G, uh, E3. I, I think. Right. I think if they keep doing stuff like that, they may have a chance of coming back to be the G4 they used to be or better and be able to give us that excitement again for just gaming. Both for E3 and just the industry all year long. Yeah. So, but I don't know. Were there any... Getting past the, the the issues of it all, were there any games specifically that you got just incredibly excited for that were announced?
1: I, I mean, I'm actually genuinely excited for Halo now, after seeing what it looks like running on a Series X. Um, you know, that, that was something that a lot of people dogged on last year was how it looked, and I think they were running it on an Xbox One. Uh, Whereas this year, they were not running it on an Xbox One, and it looked night and day different. Um, Outside of that, I really like the Avengers game, so I'm actually very excited to see what kind of content the War for Wakanda adds to it. Um, I was excited for the Final Fantasy one through six remakes until they said it was Steam and mobile only, so Square Enix, go fuck yourselves. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry, was that too real?
0: Uh, I mean, look, I'm a Square Enix fan have been for a long time uh and obviously i'm not gonna have an issue with anything being a steam uh product but i i I understand everybody who has issues with that
1: um yeah and then uh nintendo shin megami tensei 5 looks absolutely like it's gonna be insane um we didn't get Metroid Prime 4, but we did get Metroid Dread, which is a return to classic 2D Metroid, which looks a lot of fun. Like, it looks gorgeous. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And then we got to see the Breath
0: of the Wild sequel. And it's supposed to come next year. And then, of course, for all of the, uh, you know, uh, fans out there, Legend of Mana uh, made a, a return... To the public eye, uh, so we'll we'll see what uh, what happens there. Sure. I mean, that that whole franchise has had its own, it has so many diehard fans, uh, but just has been ignored for so long. I I feel like that has potential. Um, yep. Yeah. Didn't really care about uh, the. Uh, Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed, uh, Valhalla, uh, stuff, but Far Cry 6, I'm actually kind of, uh, excited for. I, I think that could be fun. Well, uh, obviously there are a lot of hardcore flight simulator fans out there. So getting an announcement for yet another one, um,
1: well, awesome. it, no, this one's been out for a couple years on PC. It's finally getting its port over to, to
0: console. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I guess I, I didn't pick that part up, but okay, cool. Um, and then, of course, the Avatar Frontiers of Pandora uh, announcement.
1: That looks very
0: interesting. That one looks that, very interesting. I don't know how to feel about it because after seeing the graphics from the movie knowing that there are sequels announced supposedly coming but we still haven't seen any movement from them uh, seeing this trailer I, I feel like it has the potential to piss off a few fans going we didn't want a game we wanted the next movie but at the same time seeing the graphics from the movie compared to the game the game is surprisingly close mm-hmm. but not quite so you can still tell it's definitely a game at yeah. the same time though um, I don't know what to expect out of it like the, the trailer was intriguing it, it looks like an intriguing mm-hmm. concept but I just don't, I don't know what to expect from the game itself until we see actual gameplay and, and you know uh, really see what, what this game is supposed to be about but I think it's an intriguing and idea, uh, and I think it has a lot of potential if if they do it right. Like it, it, there's a lot that they can do with this, considering how unexplored that whole world and universe are. So I, I yep. think it could be very interesting, possibly. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Um. Well, yeah. Uh, I- any other big, I- exciting announcements for you?
1: Um, not really. I mean, it was.
0: You didn't uh, like you know, the Hyrule uh, Hi- Roy- Warriors Age of Calamity stuff.
1: I I didn't play Age of Calamity. Um. Yeah. You know, Kyla played the ever living shit out of it. I just I haven't yet. Um, sure. So I'm more excited for the sequel to Breath of the Wild. I'm more excited for Shin Megami Tensei V because I love me some turn-based. Advanced Wars getting remastered and coming back is pretty cool. Fatal Frame coming back is pretty cool. Um, Some of these older franchises that kind of fell by the wayside getting, you know, a second life, which they would fucking do the same for Golden Sun.
0: Now, I know that Gearbox's presentation overall is pretty lackluster. Shit. (laughs) <laughs> no,
1: no, no, say, say, say it correctly,
0: shit. <laughs> uh, but what did you think about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands? Did, did that hold I, any interest for you?
1: I mean, look, so we got the exact same thing that they showed at the Game Awards. Awesome. That was six months ago?
0: Yeah, but didn't they uh, they add a, a date this time around?
1: Oh, okay, so they showed us the exact same thing they just showed us but gave us a date? Awesome. <laughs> Oh and then you spent and then and then you spent 20 fucking minutes roaming around the set of the Borderlands movie but didn't show any of the actors didn't show anybody in costume didn't actually show anything
0: I man I'm, I'm not making excuses for gearbox I, I i think gearbox is a studio that has had a lot of success with a very specific franchise but in my <laughs> mind still needs to prove themselves at a larger scale um oh hey hey what are you
1: talking about yeah. brad they gave us godfall you know a looter hacker <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Godfall, which they said was so technologically demanding that it couldn't run on a PS4. Oh, wait, just kidding. Part of their fucking E3 announcement was that it was going to run on PS4. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey. And then you didn't even give us anything for Borderlands 4. Hey, Gearbox, go fuck yourself.
0: Like I said, I. there are certain studios... There are certain studios that get a massive reputation because of a single franchise that they do really well, and I'm never going to knock the franchises that a studio gets hype over, but to me, a studio's strength comes from the ability to take that quality, take that excitement Uh, and bring it over to more games more franchises and prove that they're not a one-trick pony and i don't know gearbox hasn't really proven that to me yet uh and even then um i have never played borderlands myself i've seen enough of it to say it looks interesting but i don't I don't know if it's really enough to justify saying that, you know, they are so absolutely phenomenal, you know. Capcom. Look, I, the
1: the Borderlands franchise has a lot of lore. And it was one of the first really big looter shooters, but, sure. like, I...
0: well, What else have you done for me? Like, I, I feel like... Okay, so... I feel like uh, Gearbox is kind of like what Bioware could have been if they didn't expand out from their initial couple of hits. Like I, I feel like if Bioware hadn't gotten the attention they did, they didn't have the massive creative team that they had that had so much desire to do more um i I feel like they could have easily become gearbox uh and i I think that's kind of what gearbox is missing they they have a team that's very creative about that franchise but they need a team that is has a deep-seated desire to be creative about more than that and that, that's yeah, what I mean, it feels like they're missing um, but you know
1: so they ported yeah. Half-Life to consoles with the orange box they had the Brothers in Arms series which is actually pretty good they have Borderlands and then they owned an intellectual property for Duke Nukeman for Homeworld
0: yeah you can't really say uh, owning intellectual that... property is necessarily a sign of greatness it's a sign of no, potential.
1: this is a company that's been around for
0: 20 years Yeah, I mean, look, you know, look at somebody else uh, that also had a bit of a lackluster uh, presentation. Capcom. Uh, Capcom. Yeah. Yeah. Was their presentation great this year? No, (laughs) it it very much was not. Um,
1: But. Well, what were they gonna? What were they gonna show?
0: Yeah, but you know, by comparison to Gearbox. you didn't feel as disappointed afterward you know because you know they're they're freaking Capcom you you know what you're getting with them uh, and at least they have enough different properties that they'll jump back and forth between even if they're not experimenting with something new you know you're at least getting variety
1: yeah we just got Resident Evil 8 Yeah. Monster Hunter Stories 2 was already in the pipe to come down so like what outside of a new Street Fighter game what else were we going to get from them
0: Which by the way, I just, as a momentary side question, how the fuck is Street Fighter still happening? Like, I get that Mortal Kombat is continuing, is able to continue because Mortal Kombat comes in and has created this really weird and convoluted lore. And it, it, it's a thing, whether or not you like the stories uh, that have come from the Mortal Kombat franchise or not, cool. Um, but... By contrast, the stories that seem to have come from the the Street Fighter franchise just feel strange to me. And e- even with that, uh, with Mortal Kombat as the you know the bar, uh, and I don't, I don't know I, I how is Street Fighter still a thing? I, I it's a cool fighting game, I, but oh, I mechanically I always I personally always liked
1: Mortal Kombat more mechanically than Street Fighter. Yeah. Me too. Um, I mean, Street Fighter's there, but nah, eh, it
0: is what it is. So yeah, no. I don't know, there, there was definitely there were some things to be excited for this year. There were some things not to be excited for this year, and then there was plenty to just say it happened, and you probably forget about it till the next time you come across the games in the wild. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, I, I'd say the ranking for this year's E3, I don't know, lower into the spectrum. I, I wouldn't even I mean, say look, it was, uh it, middle of the pack, I'd say it's lower into the spectrum overall.
1: Look, I think, uh, the other thing I think people should have done is we should have tempered expectations hardcore considering the fact for the last year most of these developers have all been working from home we didn't have an E3 at all last year and people don't realize how much the industry was grinded to a halt because of the fucking plague that came from Wuhan, China
0: You just really like uh, continuing to toss that last little descriptor in there, don't
1: you? I'm just waiting for the day that it comes out that it came from a lab so that I can say Big Daddy Trump was right all along
0: Oh, fuck me.
1: Oh, sorry. Are we getting too political? (laughs) No, 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 no. In all seriousness, though. Yeah. No. no, In all seriousness, people people need to realize how much this industry above so many others was completely and totally basically, like, derailed.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, the thing that you have to uh, keep in mind is even if it wasn't... Uh, you know, even if everybody didn't have to work remotely, having the hardware for the industry get ground yep. to a freaking halt because d- yep. production is just not possible due to one reason or another. Because
1: semiconductors are a thing, apparently.
0: Yeah. Uh... <laughs> That alone was always going to cause a slowdown in game production because how much incentive do do publishing studios have to keep putting out new games if they already know that the the maximum size of their audience has a cap on it uh, that they have no control over that there's no amount of marketing or quality or hype that can exist around a new game that is going to be able to incentivize people to go out and buy a console they don't already own because the console yeah. is more than likely not available how much how much yep. development do you actually think was going to have happened last year even if the remote working situation hadn't happened I'd I'd be willing to argue we'd still be in a very similar situation as far as total game development.
1: So, and then also think about it, you're developing games for new hardware.
0: Yeah. So. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that there really should. Yeah, I, I totally agree. There should have been a serious tempering of expectations going into, into this year. I personally don't blame any of the developers for any of this. Uh, some of the publishing studios, sure, I'll, I'll blame them for how they presented, but I don't blame any of these uh, studios, you know, the production studios uh, for any of what we got this year because there were always going to be severe limitations uh, that were placed on what was even possible this year. Um, Now, the one thing I will say is of everybody that showed up to E3, I think maybe the biggest winner of everybody were the indie developers. I think this year the indie developers had the best showcase because with a lack of hard competition coming from the big names, the indie games were able to... Uh, Show off what they had more and get more attention. And because most of the indie developers weren't limited by the restrictions that last year placed on the major developers as far as where the programmers and uh, animators and uh, coders and and, uh, game testers were located. Because they you know, a lot of the indie studios are already developed with, you know, a, a remote model in mind, um, I, I think they had the best chance, and honestly, I I, I think they did a really good job. I, I liked a lot of uh, what was showcased this year for the indies, and, and I mean, I will always support indie games. I, I think that they have a lot of really cool things that they're trying out that have done some amazing, amazingly positive things for the industry at large, and so I, I was happy to see them still show up.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, but anyway... um Anything else that you feel the need to talk about before we, we call it?
1: No. No, I think I'm good.
0: <laughs> well, okay, guys. Um, if you liked this year's E3 turnout, uh, let us know what you liked uh, over on our social medias. Um you know, tell us what your your favorite games uh, game announcements were. Tell us what your favorite presentations were, uh, or if you're disappointed, uh, tell us that too. We'd love to be able to hear from you. Uh, I, I think that there's a lot that the community can contribute to the conversation right now, uh, as far as what they want for next year and uh, if there was ever going to be a year where the industry has a reason to listen to the uh, gaming community's voice to find out what they want for the next year's E3 I think this is the the year to do that so yeah, yeah. no, we, we'd, we'd love to hear from you guys and uh, you know yeah so as always um if you want to check out our stuff, don't for, uh, don't forget to catch more of our audio podcasts uh, over on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And please be sure to follow us, subscribe, all the good things over on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, you know, you got to keep the, uh, the Google and Facebook overlords happy. And um, Aren't, the, aren't yeah. they the
1: same thing, Brad? Aren't they the same you would, thing?
0: You Let's would, be think, honest. You would think. Let's be honest. But it, it's a slightly different attitude. Uh, the, sure. So the the Facebook overlords are more like the creepy stalker ex that you had uh, from high school that still can't quite stop uh, uh, commenting and liking on your uh, y- y- your latest picture or. or random post uh, the google overlords uh, they're they're more like the government they know all they see all and you just and, and they know that you know that they know everything but we just don't talk about it
1: I think I just got a headache <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah, with that guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, be sure to come back next week, uh, with our next audio exclusive podcast and, uh, go check out our next live video on Friday, uh, for whatever the hell we're going to be posting about. So, um, yeah, until next time, as always, I'm Brad, that's Mike, we're Dallas Geek, and, See ya.